The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. My co-host today, because Matt's away, is Bobby Kelly. Chad Gilbert joins us in studio. We have Cynthia Calvillo on the phone, and it's a pretty fun episode, although we do miss Matt. Bye, Matt. Sorry I miss you. Sorry I replaced you for one week. That's not Bobby talking. That's my inner monologue. <laughs> he may finish it here. Oh, he's out. He can't count. It is all over. UFC and Digital Media present UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Serra. Powered by Digital Media. Find your voice. And now, your hosts... Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Well, that's partially correct. It's Jim Norton and Bob Kelly this week, my pal Bob Kelly, because Matt is away with Dana. They're shooting looking for a fight. Dana White's looking for a fight on YouTube, and I think that they travel today. And a lot of times when you're traveling from the West Coast, you cannot get a flight back in time for the podcast. So Matt was not able to make it back. He's fucking lollygagging with the boss and you know you can do that when you're away with Dana. You can do what you want because you're away with the boss. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, Jim Norton and Matt Sarah if he had an eating disorder. Yes. And no willpower. Are you implying that you, you don't look good? I don't look good. You know, I actually, I was complaining that I felt like I, I had, I thought I pulled a muscle. I, had like a, I was like, I feel like I have a rubber band around my, like my upper torso underneath my breasts. It's not a healthy feeling. Well, when I found out it was just back rolls. It was just a role that I developed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's bad, but I, I've been doing good for the last week. Yeah, it's hard, man. Like you know, I, I got I've been talking. Matt took me down to Henzo Gracie's, and I'm like, I want to take jujitsu, just not to be a great black belt at it, but just because I want to experience it and, and and talk about it. No more just from doing it. Yeah. And I went down there, and I love the atmosphere. It's it's kind of hard because my schedule is very busy, and we're interviewing on I think Wednesday. When is Caitlin coming in? Yeah, this Wednesday. Caitlin, uh, how do you, is it Chukagian? Yep. Is that how you say it? Okay, yes. she's uh, people were saying, you got to get her on the podcast. And um, I wasn't, I had no, known her name, but I wasn't that familiar with her, so I looked her up. And, you know, she's a fighter, and she's fighting on this uh, card in uh, Buffalo. Yep. And um, I think I, I responded today, if you want to come on, come on. She's local. She's New Jersey, I think, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm like, fuck it, come on. And then she challenges me. To what? On Twitter. To, she goes, I think Jim Norton should take a class with me before I go on. Yeah. I don't know. But I can't. And then I DM'd her. I'm like, I would, but I'm I'm legitimately doing, I have a Netflix special, so I'm doing press for it. Like, I'm not being a dick. I'm like, I'm out doing other, I have to do Craig Ferguson. After the, but she's like, all right. I'm like, I will do it though. 
but I'm like, I just can't do it before you come in. Of course you And she do. goes, all right, just don't lie. <laughs> she what? doesn't fuck around this, this woman. You she save, play you, games. You save yourself $450 in hooker money. Just go wrestle with somebody and have them choke you out. That wouldn't be the same. <laughs> well, okay. I wouldn't enjoy that. <laughs> you wouldn't? No. Don't you, but you seem to like being hurt, like choked or, or kicked. Or You like when fighters do a move on you. Yeah, I and do. And not, not even... It's yeah. not a physically or sexually attractive thing. It's like oh, it is for me when I see it happen. Oh, I don't it turns like it me at all. Here's what she wrote. Here's what Caitlin wrote. I said uh, that's possible. Let me make sure I don't have press. I'm promoting a stand-up special, just so she knew. And she writes back, "Okay, don't lie about it either. Oof. If not Friday at twelve. Wow. And then I got to tell her I'm in Orlando Friday. She just thinks I'm lying. Yeah. I know she. Hey, I, I, I am a coward. She's not wrong, <laughs> but she thinks I'm lying. You're not a coward. I'm a little nervous about it. Are you going to get a gi on and Ev? Yeah, yeah. Gonna, I'm, I want to do are it. Gonna, are you a gi guy or are you going to wear the... the, the, the I'm the, not a gi guy. Sh- I question myself a lot. <laughs> <laughs> <Are> you, <laughs> you going <laughs> to wear the uh, tight spandex and, a, and a, a t-shirt? No, I'll wear whatever whatever is appropriate to Henzo's plate. Like, I'm guessing like the, the old school... Like, you know, I guess they wear the regular gi. I'll wear a gi. But I don't know when I'm going to take it, but I want to take it a couple times a week. I may have to give up one of my gym because I talked to Rogan. He goes, you can't do the gym and then that. You'll be too tired. Yeah. Um, and when she says take a class, now does Caitlin want me to take a class with her where there's a bunch of white belts or was she just going to give me a private lesson where she shows me moves or probably, meet her and an instructor? She's probably going to give you a private lesson. She's not going to stick you in a class. She'll probably give you a private lesson, teach you a few things, and then, uh, and then tap you out a bunch of times and have you, uh, you know, just know how... Strong she is. And it's probably, it's probably, it'd be, I think it'd be great too because the conversation would be amazing after, you know, getting your ass handed to you by her. Well, she'd have to come back in because she's coming in Wednesday. Okay. We're not going to have time beforehand. Yeah. And, but I would do it and then she can come back in three or four weeks or whatever. After move her one of these fight. desks and roll right here. Because I want to take a real class. I'm kidding, of course. But no, but I want to do it. <laughs> and Matt's like, you know, Matt and Sarah is a good, such a good dude. When he and I went down to Henzo's, he introduced me to everybody. He's like, I don't want Jimmy thrown to the wolves. <laughs> like, Matt's worried I'm going to get my neck broken Because <laughs> he knows You know Matt knows He's got even these white belts I've been doing it a little while right. Matt knows I'm frail I'm a gentle boy Well you're just you're inexperienced Thank you Chris yeah. Thank you I don't think you're that gentle I I'm mean, frail Oh god get your hand I'm holding please. your hand I'm talking to you I'm Let frail go. I wish I knew jujitsu right now But I don't want to like, I kind of want to film my first class Just to talk about it on the show Yeah Because like again I'm, I've been interviewing fighters for years I know a lot of them. I love the sport so much, but I have no experience in this at all. So I want to do it. You talk about it more knowledgeably when, you, when you've experienced it, I think, right? Yeah, Although course, you don't yeah. take it, and you're very knowledgeable. Yeah, but I, but not nearly as much as I would be if I did take it. Why don't you take it? Uh, just, I'm usually recording. Like, I do a lot of like editing and stuff. Busy. And that. Like, yeah, I'm busy. Too you busy know. to take care of himself. Too busy for health. That's I true. would love... I mean, I've never taken a class, and you see I'm throwing it on him already. <laughs> I would love to take a class, and especially to be taught by a professional that'd be great yeah i mean the one thing is like doing this podcast and knowing the fighters going down there at least i know that i would get a good instructor yeah and not that you're gonna get a bad one anyway well sometimes you could i mean there's a lot of i mean dude there's nothing worse than a fat karate instructor when you go in and he's i remember my karate instructor would always come down dude i took kempo karate which is elvis's karate (laughs) did you yeah um it's uh, the guy was uh, what was his name? Uh, what's that, the the guy who invented Kempo Karate from Hawaii? Oh, uh, 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 Larry Kempo. It was actually yeah, Larry Kempo. <laughs> no, it was um, what's his name? Um, he was uh, yeah. He he actually taught Elvis. Elvis was a black belt, but um, 
And my instructor was just a fat Italian guy named Tony. And he would eat donuts. He would just have donuts every lesson. It was embarrassing. Was he a good fighter? I have no idea. You, you don't know. He, he had a lot of quips. He used to really just annoy me with his quips. Because I remember one time I kicked somebody and I hurt my toe. And he'd walk over and go, hey, you want me to call you a tow truck? And then go, <laughs> and laugh. It's like, Did you laugh? No, I didn't laugh. I was, my toe hurt. <laughs> I thought I broke my toe. He's trying to lighten you up a little bit. Yeah, lighten me up. Go have a donut, fatso. <laughs> <laughs> now his store is a karate. It's a carpet place. Is he still teaching? No, it's a carpet store on Route 1. But no, he was actually, he was, he was a good guy. But yeah, you, there's, there's not good. His, his, they were married. I remember his wife was the badass. She went off and did her own school. They got divorced. And she went and did her own school. And, and I remember I, I actually fought in a tournament, a karate tournament. And it, I, it was so, I was so scared because nobody knew me in the class. And I wound up really, I was just by myself at this tournament, like Ralph Macchio. And uh, I almost won a trophy. Um, I came down to one point when we both hit at the same time and they called him. Two judges called for him and one called for me, so he won. Oh, did the sensei tell you hurt him? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that what happened? I, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Uh. But I, his wife's school wiped the floor with with our school. Oh, okay. Uh, wiped the floor. She was just a badass. So. Yeah, there's bad instructors, I would guess. I guess I mean, you are. got. I mean, Matt is the the motherfucker yeah of right i mean he's the yeah. he's the guy i mean around here you know and to to go i mean i'd go i'd go train with matt if i could yeah i mean matt is on long island and if matt was in the city i would say yeah but he's on long island and i just can't get out there to do uh you know it's just too much yeah, yeah. It's, it's too much uh and we'll bring our guest in, in a couple minutes we just he's arrived um we have two guests today um, Cynthia Calvillo is uh, calling in. She is fighting on um, uh, the Buffalo card. Right. She's fighting um, Pearl Gonzalez, and uh, she's calling in. And we have Chad Gilbert uh, coming in to join. He's a big MMA fan. He does train at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and he's the uh, lead guitarist for Newfound Glory, kind of like a punk goth uh, band or, yeah, or pop, really punk. pop punk, really, I guess. Yeah. yeah, pop punk. Good band. Great band. Yeah. They're really good. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at right now. Is uh, I have uh, to possibly fight and get beaten up by uh, Caitlin Chukagan. <laughs> yeah, I could get beaten up. Wouldn't that be funny if that's what she does to train? No, like it she wouldn't just be. Beats the crap out of you. No, because like, she could. Yeah, I don't know what belt she is, but she, I'm sure she could readily fight me. She's fighting on the UFC uh, Fight Pass prelims at 6:15 Eastern. She's fighting uh, Irene Aldana, and uh, this is great. Cormier Anthony Johnson too finally happening. Chris Weidman, we're trying to get, is fighting Gegard Mousasi. And um, uh, Calvillo is fighting Gonzalez on the main card. She's the third fight. That Weidman fight is just, I mean, how great is that? That's a great It's fight. not even the main event. I can't wait to see that fight. Yeah, Chris has lost two straight. It's a big fight for him. Big fight for Chris. I mean, he was unbeatable when he beat Silva twice. Yes. And then, you know, to have that happen, now, yeah, he's got to win this one. Come in. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? What's happening? Hey, how you doing? What's going on? Hey, what's going on? Wow, there's a lot of people. How are you, sir? What's Good. happening? You? Good, man. Thanks, Chad. What's we're going just... on, man? Hey, how you doing? There's no man. extra seats in here. Yeah. Fuck is he... <laughs> okay. They're just doing. Uh, they're doing the uh, social media. Social media. Yeah. Oh, I but yeah, get yeah. some Facebook. Jim, this is Bobby. Nice to meet you. What's up, brother? How you doing? Nice to meet you too, man. Yeah. 
Uh, we just started. I don't know if you got your volume on there if you need the headphones. We literally okay. just started 10 minutes ago. Sweet. Um, and uh, they say uh, you're, you're a big uh, UFC fan. Yeah, very big UFC How fan. How long did you train for? I trained for about nine years. Wow. I've never yeah. taken it. And we, we just opened the show. Matt Sarah's away. He's with Dana. Yeah, I'm not Matt tour. Sarah. I don't even think Matt <laughs> Sarah <laughs> yeah, lost his shit. <laughs> <laughs> he really took the loss hard, losing the belt. Uh, <laughs> we have a fighter coming in next week. Her name is uh, Caitlin Chukagian. And she's, uh, you know, she's fighting on the, on the prelims. And she said on Twitter before she comes in, she wants me to go in and train. I've never trained. And I kind of want to do it. So uh, I'm a little nervous to go for my first... Your first time? Yeah, man. I've yeah. never done it, but I love it. And I've talked to so many fighters, and I've watched you know, a thousand fights, but I've just never taken it. It's so fun. I mean, I've, I've, I, I'm a Muay Thai guy. I started taking Muay Thai like nine years ago, and it was just mm. cold turkey. I was like, man, I hate working out. I feel like a, a meathead in a gym when I go in there, like lifting weights. I just can't do it. So mm. I was like... I love watching, you know, mixed martial arts. So I'm like, I'm, I'm just going. Muay Thai has so much tradition too. Yeah. Even when you go to a live, I've been to the fights. They have uh, uh, fights over in churches, right over in Hell's Kitchen. Oh wow. Uh, Muay Thai fights and mixed with boxing promotions. Yeah. But there's so much tradition in a fight. Uh, at the beginning of the fight, at the end of the fight, it's it's. I mean, what is what is what is the the actual. Uh, you do at the beginning of a fight, going around the ring. Yeah, what is that called? The I actually don't know. Oh, you, you know about the classic Muay Thai, yeah, like the traditional. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. I just trained the. You know, oh, you just my, did it. <laughs> yeah, more like my influence was always like the shooto box, right? Super aggressive, like the Brazilian Muay Thai, and then right. that made me. So not so much of you know my, my Muay Thai came from. Uh, watching mixed martial arts, which is like different right. than the traditional. Right, right, right. You know, like okay. K one. Muay Thai kickboxing like right, that right, style right, right yeah. it's not so much of the whole right you know but actually my trainer was you know fought on what is it the king's birthday in, in Thailand and yeah. his name's Chris Riley um from legends in Los Angeles so he was like you can look him up on YouTube and see yeah, him he was all like, the he was like the the over his bicep the the whole thing the bracelets yeah yeah, and, yeah he, on his he fought hair. On, I think the big the the king's day match I think that's what the, the king I think it's the king's day that was like the big celebration that they have the big Muay Thai fight on that day. So you took it because you watched mixed martial arts. Yeah. I, I feel like because your music is pretty aggressive. And, yeah. you, and like when you guys perform, you're like in like those old, I was watching a bunch of Gigi Allen footage. And you guys are in like those same type of places yeah. where there's really, it's like you can't tell if they're fighting or if they're like really enjoying the yeah, show. Yeah, they're beating each other up or having a good time. Yeah, it wasn't more, it, was, it really was just as simple as like when you're a kid, you know, I never was into sports, you know. So like, but when you're a kid, you watch football, you go to the, the park with your friends and you play football. So that was just like, I want something to do. Um, when I'm off, that's that's fun, and I'm I'm gonna try it. And mm. I remember the first day, uh, the first day I took a boxing like in ring boxing class, and this guy Amir, uh, who has a very difficult last name to say, but he he fought in Pride uh, forever ago, and he punched me in the face uh, for the first time, like getting hit in the face like pretty hard, and I w I went to the corner and just threw up in the bucket. <laughs> oh wow! Did like, he not, see that? Oh yeah, oh, that's bad news. And then, and then bro, he was fine. He got he's like you know I just did it, and then I just got. Back in and got hit in the face a bunch. It's like more a shock almost, right? Like yeah, your whole body the gets first time, like a light, like a tingle to it. And you're like, there's yeah. something wrong, and then you. <laughs> yeah. But it's humiliating to have to. Yeah. I mean, shitting would be worse. Though. At least you didn't shit. <laughs> exactly. At, yeah. at least you only didn't threw do up. that. Didn't didn't pull that. And it wasn't a stomach punch. It did. It was a it was a face punch. Yeah, it was just he punched and just I think the adrenaline and my first time being yeah. in the ring, like actually someone swinging at me and you know I just but I but it was super fun. I love it and I you know. So why'd you stop taking it or did you stop? I still, no, I still do it. Uh, I moved after I got married I moved to Nashville 
um, well, Franklin, and the only like gym that's close by is it's kind of it's it's not very close. So I still I still train with friends. I go into a ring and and I I'll show them some stuff and we'll spar a little bit. But I haven't really done like serious training in like I'd say a year and a half. Okay. Did, now, did you ever need that when you were performing or no? What's up? Did you ever need it when you were performing? <laughs> Uh, I mean, maybe my, I don't know, maybe my cardio got better on stage, but you're, I watched some of your clips. You're really, you know, it's, a, it's a, you're, you're very aggressive on stage, which is great. Yeah. Just the energy. I think it's the crowd. Same thing. The feeling, you know, of, you know, playing music and the crowd's like energetic and having a good time. It's just like, I don't know. You just get all that adrenaline. But it does probably up. give you some type of confidence. Um, knowing that you can not only you can take a punch, <laughs> yeah, you know what a punch feels like, yeah. You know, a lot of people walk around in fear because they don't know what a punch feels. You know what it feels like. You know that it's never as really as bad as you think it is, yeah. But you can also so you can actually be a um, a, a, a nicer guy or better in situations that most be, especially if you traveling and fans and crazy drunk motherfuckers. Yeah, you know, for sure. You, you can kind of keep your cool probably because you know. You took this for that long, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think like, I mean, I'd, I would never want to get in a situation where I'd get punched in the face. Like, right. Yeah, but it, always avoiding, uh, you know, conflict like that. But yeah, I think that, you know, you, you know, at least for me, like that's one of the things I try to to teach uh, friends when I train in in, in Tennessee right. is teach them like, you know, how to get punched in the face and right. not to get flustered and not to be scared and not because yeah like, i remember the first time in my gym i saw a guy get knocked out and it looked like he it looked like spock like the vulcan neck pinch <laughs> yeah. it was like my trainer was it was this guy um this guy came in who was he was a really nice guy but he was super he was like an like uh into gymna gymnastics and all that stuff so his kicks were crazy and he was going insane and my my trainer just like had to shut him down so he's like let me let me go next and he just like tapped him on the neck and the guy just shut down like it was like a battery <laughs> ran out so many people i'd love to do that too yeah <laughs> and he was like do you know why i did that and he told him like you know what you're doing isn't isn't real like that in any other gym you could get hurt right but instead of like beating him up he just like it was literally like spock it was the craziest thing but when you see that it makes you not as scared like have oh. you been knocked out uh no. You've been knocked down, submitted. Yeah, never knocked, knocked down. Out. Yeah, never not knocked out. And you've been tapped. Yes, oh, yeah. plenty of time. I got That's knocked what... out a couple times. Did you really? Yeah, yeah I, got, I got knocked out. A I've been knocked out a few times. I got knocked out once. I woke up four hours later. That was a bad one. Wow. Yeah, that's a bad one. That was a bad one. Yeah, see, I don't want to announce that I've never been knocked out because now I feel like someone's just going to walk up to Houdini me. Houdini, you? You. Yeah. Boom. Right. Now, you know, like. It just means you're due. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I was also a yellow belt in Kempo Karate. Oh. So a nice hot knockout. <laughs> but the feeling of like getting choked out and that pass that's such a weird feeling. The passing out and yeah. then coming to that's yeah. happened to me a few times. I've so. never been knocked out but I've been knocked out by a baseball hitting me in the face. Whoa. I was uh, underhand pitching to my friend like a dope. Um and he drilled a line drive into my Shh. middle of my face. That's so I, I didn't uh you know, I, I've never actually been hit and knocked out. Yeah. I'm sure it could happen. It's, so I'm nervous about taking this class. So I'm yeah, nervous about doing it for fun. the first time. It'll be fun. No, but she's a fighter, and like she knows what we're going to talk about it on the air. So I'm like a little worried that yeah. uh, you know it might be too aggressive. Just practice this word. Ouch! 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 <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'm not. Ow, 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 ow. I'm not afraid. I won't no. tap. I mean, I, I have no ego about that. I'll yeah, give yeah. up quickly. You'll be fine. Yeah. yeah, I used to get my butt kicked the same way. I still do. So, do you watch a lot of fights? All the time. Who's your favorite? Or do you have not one guy you love watching? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a classic guy. Like, I love, you know, Shogun. Um, I'd say my three favorite fighters are, are Shogun. Um, Who did Shogun just fight? He just... Uh, 
He fought uh, that the the bulky dude. What was his name? It was awesome. It was it had oh, such a classic. John Valente. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, he, beat, he looked name. really good. Yeah, and I love Shogun. You know, I love uh, Anderson. Fedor, I love a lot of the older... What do you think about Anderson fighting Calvin Gastelum in Brazil? I don't know. It's insane. Like, it's weird to me how the, like, the Brazilian guys... Lo- I mean, they love fighting in Brazil. And they always fight better in Brazil. Yeah. You know? That's because there's 10,000 yeah. people chanting that yeah, the yeah. guy should die. Yeah, and yeah. That's got to play on your head a little bit. You don't want to walk back well, to the favelas with that shit on your shoulders. Yeah, I'm, yeah exactly. I'm, I'm psyched on it in, in the sense that... That's why I love Shogun and Anderson and, and a lot of those guys is because they really will fight whenever and if they lose how bad no matter how bad or how good they look like they'll they'll train and they'll fight again and for me like i don't want i don't care if my favorite fighter wins or loses like i obviously want them to win yeah but i love just watching them fight yeah you know that's like every shogun fight is so entertaining even when dan henderson knocked him out it's like you you know he doesn't retire or he, he goes back and he's like okay what can i do to to get better and, and try, you know, it's it's fun to watch. You know? I was at when he lost the belt to Jones. I think he lost in Jersey. Yeah, uh, sitting behind his family, and it was really sad because like the men in the family were like crying because uh, it was like, oh, I you forget it. when you watch a guy lose. I there's a lot I, of people that really care about that I guy. Think I cried a little bit. Too. Did you really? <laughs> well, I didn't really cry, but it's like, well, and, and it made me respect Shogun more because here you have John Jones, this massive, you know, star and. You know, yeah. amazing large man fighter, like a heavyweight fight. Yeah, yeah. Light, yeah, light heavyweight. You know, and and he's like, take. You know, it's supposed to be Rashad, right? Wasn't it Rashad? And then, mm-hmm. or, and yeah. then, yeah. And Jones took the spot. Like any other fighter, most fighters, especially nowadays, would be like, nope, like no, fights off. Shogun's not. You know, he's like, no, fights not off. I'll fight anyone, mm-hmm. even if it was. Immediately, he was a champion, but then became the underdog. And didn't know? Jones just like that, that? He had just had some weird thing happen where he stopped like a mugging or something like that, where he helped. He stopped a mugger in New Jersey. Yeah, he had, it was like, a weird yeah. weekend. You felt like he was destined to win that fight. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that's someone you have to like train for. You know, like he's such a you know, I don't know, a superhero. Yeah, and then his like his superpowers, like his like you know street fighter length. You know, like well, he's, he's, he's a heavyweight. Yeah, he's a heavyweight fighting it. 205 yeah so it's he's just uh, uh, able to get down there and not be drained out like that but he's a anytime you see him at the beginning of the fight whoever it's he towers over every opponent yeah you feel when he fought dc it was like what the fuck is about to happen he's so much bigger than everybody it'll be but shogun is all those guys are from pride too yeah which was i i mean i i miss pride i miss pride rules yeah i miss you know the cards yeah, if it wasn't, if, if the action wasn't happening, it's like, all right, listen, you, you get docked, so you fucking yeah. bang. Kill each other or like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, the soccer kicks I could probably do without. Remember those? Oh, oh those yeah. Terrible. That's kind of what got me back. So my whole thing with UFC was, <clears throat> I, I'd i say I discovered UFC by playing sick at school. You know, like I was like, oh, mom, I want to stay home from school. I'm sick. And she'd take me to the video store and I'd go through and I remember renting, you know, the first couple UFCs, UFC yeah. one, UFC two, and that's it was how right I, next to Faces of Death. Exactly, <laughs> that section, Faces right. of Death, UFC. Yeah. So I'd rent those, and I was like, "This is amazing," mm. you know. And then, like, you know, it kind of fell off a little bit back then. Like, you you saw the first few in the video stores, and then I never really saw them again. And then years later, <clears throat> sorry about my throat, lost it, screaming on tour, being an idiot. Um, I don't know how you guys do more than one night a month the way you, the way you, I know another guy, he sings like, he's a guy, a producer I know. I don't know how you perform that way. I just have no idea. I'm clearing my throat all the time. I drink yeah. coffee and I'm like, <clears throat> well, you hear it, you know, I'm like, <clears throat> sound like 
horse guy all the time. But um, I like it. Yeah, sounds oh, good. Thank you. Yeah, girl. Yeah, the girls must dig it, right? The girls. Yeah, right. <laughs> sound like an old yeah grandpa. But yeah, the pride stuff is what got me back into it. A, f- a friend of mine in the early two thousands would stream illegally through his like weird internet connection, where we'd go to his house and watch him at midnight because the time change, you know. So he'd we'd watch all the pride fighting, and that's how I got back into it. And then I saw Chuck Liddell go over and fight in pride, like. And then we would did he tour- go over and fight Overeem? Rampage. Fight, Rampage. Yeah, but he did have a fight against Overeem. I'm pretty sure he did at one point. Yeah. Yeah, he lost one. I think he won. He got in one of the. The Grand Prix. Like, was he in UFC first and then he went over there? Yeah. I'm just I remembering was, the... I'm actually remembering more... Dana the was, fight, but also the announcers and what they were saying. Dana was his manager. Dana yeah. was... Right. A, oh, yes. He was Dana Tito was and, and, and Chuck's manager. I think. Yeah. That's right. He was, like, Imagine showing... That. He was showing them, like, oh, this is what we... Ha- this is our guy. You know, this is who we got. And it was, it was really cool. And uh, that got me back into it. And then once all those guys... You know, once Vanderlei fought... Chocolate on the UFC was all over. Yeah, we're just like so all rampage came over. Yeah, with the chain and the it was crazy. It was awesome. Yeah, it was so crazy. cool. He still fight? Didn't he fight recently? <clears throat> rampage or no? He's still fighting with uh, Bellator. I believe he's under. He tried to get out of the contract and come to. He was almost at the UFC, but something right. happened, and they wouldn't let him out of the contract, so he had to stay there. And now he's. He actually just did an interview that was pretty. Uh, he was like, "I wish he never got into this sport." <laughs> there are certain fighters. He was like, "I'm, I, you know." Well, it must be hard because it's even like your industry and our industry, com- comics. You're at the top. You're if you're at the top, you're going down at some point. Yeah, and, and that that's a hard thing to deal with. But you, you can really... always come back up though. Like there's always an, a song you can write or a joke or, or a show. Fighters, man, like once they start, once we were chin. talking before the fight. BJ uh, after Yaya Rodriguez, you know, he's Jesus. 25 years old, or whatever he is, 26. Now he's fighting Dennis Seaver. I mean, that's like, you yeah, know, it's, that's not a fight that I really. I mean, I'm I, I'm happy to see him fighting somebody more that he should be fighting, but yeah. it's a better fight than the last one. Yeah, I no. mean, it's more, you know, of a you know, you know, these two guys probably should be fighting. The last fight, it was like, dude, what are you doing? I don't know why they give him. I guess he said he wanted a fight that would get people watching it. Yeah, yeah. So a little barometer I, of where the fuck you're at, and he found out. You know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I I like I thought that fight. Yeah, it it, it felt weird. You know, and it's not that BJ isn't a, an amazing fighter. He's the best. It's like, yeah, he's amazing. He's older. He's yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah, of all time. But it's like at least, you know, like work it. Like we're not gonna like think about it in a bit as a band. Like we're not gonna try to play way after a band that we know is they might be new, but if they're bigger than our band, everyone's gonna leave right, right. after they play. I try to look at it like that. Like maybe you should kind of, yeah, just get. You know, get the feel for it again. Yeah, you yeah, should no. come back and fight somebody before you fight Yaya Rodriguez. It's like GSP coming right back in and fighting Bisping for the belt. Like, I get why he wants to do it, and I get why Bisping wants it, but he's going up in weight, and he's, he hasn't fought in, what, three years? Like, that could be a bad fight for him. It might yeah. be a bad fight, but I think GSP is more of an athlete than... B- BJ would always get a belly. I mean, he'd go back back to Hawaii, have a bunch of moco locos, and hang out. Mm. And, you know what I mean? I mean, B- BJ... You know, he's so talented and such a prodigy that, you know, he didn't have to work out as hard as these other guys did. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He could just get in there and scrap. Like, when you see BJ with abs, I'm like, he's fucking killing That was what you would always say. Whenever BJ would fight, you'd be like, if he has abs, he's got a good shot. If he has no abs, he's fucking finished. Well, it's going to be a fight, but he he, he never, every fight he's in, he's always kicking ass until he... Until the end, he's a fucking fighter, man. He is one of my favorites of all time. But, you know, I think um, George St. Pierre 
has kept his athleticism up. He is always working out, always in the gym, always training. Even when he was off, it's not like he went and you know got a girl and and, and started vacationing. Right. He was in that gym up in Montreal kicking ass. So I think he he has a better chance. I would. That's why I think that if people underestimate him coming back, if Michael underestimates him. That's a that's a big mistake. He won't because yeah. he was Bisping thirty seven. Like a guy who's who won it the way Bisping does is not going to take anybody for granted. Yeah. Because he's not a guy who's like you know went through the logical progression. Like for, yeah. for all intents and purposes, it was done. There was no way he was ever going to be champion. Yeah. And then this, this fluke, couple of steps happens in a row, and he's and he wins against Rockhold and has the belt. So I don't think he'll take anybody I, for granted because yeah. he knows that people took him for granted, and now he's the fucking champion. Oh, I think that Mike earned it. I mean, Mike, you know, he was in. The, he did this. He progressed over the years and became better and every loss became better every win became better to the point where he's at now where you know he's uh he can't he he won that f- i mean he beat Rockhold, man that yeah that was crazy. nobody yeah. thought that was gonna happen and, and he beat henderson i'm just saying nobody yeah. saw that like yeah. when anderson was fighting weidman for the uh, the second time you never like looked said in a couple of years bisping is gonna be yeah. the champion or yeah. that freak loss with anderson where anderson i think had him and then jumped up to celebrate. Oh, yeah, um, boy. That's the weird yeah. thing. I think that the, the, the best part about Bisming is that even though he's like, you know, always been like a crap talker and, and likes, yeah. you know, likes, likes making fun of fighters and arguing, is that I think he's one of the smartest fighters. And I don't even mean smartest skill wise, but like <clears throat> smartest to really figure out his opponent, where a lot of dudes get in there, get flustered, get aggressive, get. He's always just like, I don't know if it's from watching more in his later years and being a you know you know he's always on the watching the fights and being on a, the broadcast yeah, or whatever too. as an yeah. analyst but like you know when he fights a dude he's like literally knows them you he, know he sticks to his plan he sticks to his he plan. doesn't let that person uh draw them into this their plan he stay he stays the course uh he's a lot better at that even i remember when he was he got knocked out by um Henderson. Um, Henderson. Badly. Even Joe was saying he's yeah. he's going to his right. This is dangerous. He shouldn't do that. And then for, we were actually at that fight. That's awesome. Me and you. And uh, that was 100, I believe, right? I don't it know. Was 100. Yeah, it was 100. Yep. 100 when he, lo- when he got knocked out. When he got yeah. knocked the fuck out. I was, at and, the canti- I was at the cantina on Melrose, which is now closed, but I was watching. I the, the cantina. They used to have the outdoor thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where I was watching. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That was You must have been flipping out. Oh, right? uh, we, it was we, insane. It's crazy, but he, he you know, I think he, you're absolutely right. He's probably from being in us, probably from watching these fights and have to analyze them and, and learn about fighting on that level. He is a lot better now, and uh, I think the GSP fight is going to be great. You wonder if analyzing fights, though, like Dominic Cruz did it for a while, and again, he had so many injuries, then he lost a tough fight to, to uh, TJ, Cody, uh, uh, Cody Garber. But he, you know, it's like once you have an analyst job, does it make you not like, uh, it's got to be hard to get yourself up for fights when you realize this is a much better way <laughs> yeah, like, to make a living. Yeah, he beat out here and, yeah. yeah. yeah like, the only thing sucks know. about that job is getting that earpiece in those ears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's gotta be hard to get yourself up for a fight. Like you know, now yeah. Cormier realizes like there's a whole future I have here. He's yeah. a really good uh, analyst. He he sounds great, and it's like how how do you get yourself up to fight again? After that? Yeah, but these guys, I mean, these guys fighting, they, they can't do anything. It's in them. They can't not yeah. do it. That's I mean, a- you see, after their careers are done, they're over. They still have to come back. I mean, George St. Pierre. Does not have to fight again, money wise. Right. He's a millionaire. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I can't imagine. Like I know for me, 
Like I probably, if I didn't tour, I probably could make good money like giving guitar lessons. You know what I mean? It, it, but I would go crazy. You know what I mean? You, you know get what I'm bored, saying? right? Yeah, I get so bored. Like I'd have to. But you could tour. tour though, even though you, know, you <laughs> could tour. Some shitty kid, <laughs> just some some rich shitty kid in Nashville. <laughs> Just to pay. Oh, now I'm gonna leave. Now you pay attention now. <laughs> yeah, that would get training. Yeah, but you could tour until you're eighty. Yeah, that would be funny though if he asked you to show him smoke on the water. You're like, that's the one thing I can't play. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. That's the thing. I actually couldn't teach a natural because they're all already amazing. They're like six years old. And like, you you can't because I worked on the the TV show Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. I had to learn to play the drums uh-huh. for that show. Oh, that's cool. But I, one thing I learned is that uh, if the, if you, uh, there's a difference between a teacher and uh, a musician. A musician could tour they had it because they had musicians that would have to teach me songs. The worst. <laughs> they would just sit there and talk about. Wait, wait. Did you see? Mom? Remember that? They wouldn't even fucking teach me. But yeah. there, there was a teacher who actually taught. He would come in and actually teach me the drums and blah blah blah. And he was really good. But there was a musician guy who actually did the songs and. He was. He wouldn't even. He wouldn't even fuck it. He was just the worst teacher ever. Because oh, he had gigs that night. He had yeah. shit to do. He was like, "Yeah, just do this and that." Oh, really? I never fucking played the drums before. Just <laughs> yeah, do thanks. that. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Are you a good teacher or no? Probably not. No. That's no. my point. The, yeah. <laughs> I, I teach him like Nirvana, "Come as You Are," and that's it. That's like the easy. That's like whenever like when, when my when my wife's little sister's like, "How do you play a song?" That's the only thing I, I can teach. Who's him. your biggest influence as a guitarist? You know, I never was. This is probably. I, I never was like big into guitarists. I was more into like songs, like songwriters. Like I like like I love. I always loved Billy Joe from Green Day, but I didn't like him because he's good at guitar. I liked him because he like could take these simple riffs and make these like big anthems. So I was more of like, you know, even like Nirvana. Like you don't like Nirvana because he's like a shredder. You know what I mean? You liked Kurt Cobain because he just wrote cool lyrics and had these like great songs. Right. So that's what I'm I'm into more is the songwriting than the. So you write? Do you write all the songs? Uh, we we write as a band. I think I start. I like I like plant the seed of a song, yeah. and then we all kind of like get together and and you sit down. And yeah, a, yeah. Do you do all do your own parts separate, or do you sit down together? No. Yeah, we sit down together, and it just kind of all comes. You know, just kind of working off working off each other. I mean, there's there's a there's a basic song structure, and then we decide where we want to take it. You do know? you consider what like what's the difference between like traditional punk and what you do, or do you think there's no difference? Um, or do no, you think, think it's th- just an extension of it? Yeah, I think it's all like intertwined. I mean, there's like traditional punk bands that are more into the you know faster, aggressive, maybe more of like a political agenda or more like angry stuff. Like for me, like our, our music, like our style of punk is just for us. It's tr- you know when I got into music, you played what was truthful. You know, like if you were in a heavy band, it was because you were like screwed up in the head and you were a scary dude. You know, that's why you played metal because you were like a psycho. And for me, like. I grew up in the suburbs, you know, my trouble was if I got dumped by a girl. Mm. So like we write pop songs, punk songs about girls, kind of like The Descendants. The Descendants is one of our favorite punk bands. And they don't sing about, they sing about like coffee and girls, you know what I mean? In relationships. I like that though, you sing about what's, as opposed to forcing something like that's angry or sorry, forcing yeah, yeah. That, like I touched his foot on the thing, it was really creepy. Like, what are you trying to, having a sound what kind of songs do you want me to write? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but as opposed to writing uh, like like faking it just because I I want I want to, you know, yeah. I want uh, Johnny Rotten to look at it and say something nice well, about it. Green you Day, felt good about it. Green Day actually did that and they got a lot of shit for it right? yeah. from the punk community. They were like, this isn't, but they're the ones that actually broke away from that and just wrote. Yeah. Well, he what, gave them a lot of shit. Huh? Johnny Rotten gave them a lot of shit. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah. Green Days. Yeah. Green Day. Green Days. Green Day. They got tons of albums and, you know. Yeah. I think if you try to, you know, you can't please everyone. So you just please the people that that care. Right. That's it. How about... Gigi Allen again. I was on a Gigi Allen loop. Just I get once in a while. I, I <laughs> by the way, Gigi Allen VHSs were also in the section with UFC yeah. and, and Faces of Death. Hated. Uh, yeah, hated. <laughs> Dude, I don't even know if my mom even realized the the stuff I was renting. Like, did you like his music or did you find? Because I didn't think his music was great. Um, I, I think it was more that he was just an interesting guy and he was doing such like weird performance art, if you want to call it that. Yeah. It's more like a child having a tantrum, but it was just. Yeah. The, the crowd was punching him in the face and he was throwing his poop at him. Like, yeah, when you're throwing your own shit at an like, audience and they still buy tickets, that makes me depressed that I can't sell out shows. It's like, I'm not throwing shit at you and yeah. I can't get you in the room. Yeah. Man. But he played weird gigs. He'd walk around in his underpants. Yeah. Um, but I kind of like, there's one thing, my favorite thing about Gigi Allen is that he loved Johnny Cash. Like, if I had to pick one thing about Gigi Allen I like, it's that he respected Johnny Cash. And it was like, even though he was a crazy fucking person and would throw piss on you, when he met like Johnny Cash, he was respectful. That's crazy. I didn't realize he met Johnny Cash. Either. There's a very famous photo of him shaking hands with Johnny Cash from the audience. He has like a Nazi helmet on, or like a war helmet, <laughs> and he's shaking up. He's like he's trying to sh- like hand Johnny Cash something or show him a shirt, and Cash shakes his hand. But yeah, he really wow. worshipped Johnny Cash. How, how did That's you? Cool. How did you become friends with CM Punk? Um, it actually started almost the same way. Like you'd meet anyone in another band or punk rock. You know, punk was very. You know, had his, you know, he's he's very humble and he loved punk rock music. So I'd say Warp Tour, 2003. Uh, me and Rancid were like good friends on that tour and always hang with them. And we played Philly. CM Punk was in Ring of Honor, in Philly. Right. So he was just a fan of punk. So he came to Warp Tour. Maybe it was 2002. I can't remember which one. Um, he was but, wrestling at the time. Yeah, wrestling in Ring of Honor and. He came and hung out Rancid and brought us a bunch of Ring of Honor little DVDs to watch on the road. And, you know, he'd bring us wrestling stuff and then we talked to him and then he worked his way up and got in the WWE and he came through Southern California on Raw and invited me and my friend Toby um, from H2O uh, out to the show. And then we just became friends. And even when he was like the champion, you know, the WWE champion, he'd come and sleep on the floor no shit. at the house, like hang out like he was... Wouldn't stay in the hotels. He just just hang out. He's just a humble humble dude. Now, did he care. go to you when he said, "I'm going to go to UFC"? <clears throat> did he oh, talk yeah. to you about that? Yeah, for sure. Really? Yeah. Have you ever fought with him? Have you ever sparred with no. him? No, never. No, no. Because at the time when whenever he visits visits me in Nashville, or I'm in, it just never works out to train right. or to train together. But right. he trains with you know real deal dudes, and you yeah. know he's fighting again. Yeah, he, well, has he booked another fight? Yeah, I believe so. Didn't he book? Who did, he, he, did they announce another CM Punk fight? I've not heard well, that. Beatdoors said that. Well, oh, maybe I just read, maybe I just read that. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I want my last fight to be. No, CM that's Punk. what I read. I'm sorry, that's what I read. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, I told Punk, I was like, just do it, dude. Really? Yeah. No, I wouldn't recommend that. I would I not wouldn't recommend, recommend it either. Yet, no, but no, no, no. But I mean, I, you know, he he would do it. He probably you know? would. Yeah. He would. Punk would, I would do it. Would not do that. But I told him then you could say that. I told him I was like, you should probably just say that. He he has too many losses that you can't fight. Punk only has one loss. Like I don't fight guys with that many losses. Yeah, Vitor <laughs> lost. Like, that's a you know. But I only fight guys on winning streaks. Like yeah, it all. Yeah, for sure. And I, I got to do a read. Uh, not that I, I have to. I want to. Do I'm, a happy read. to I'm happy to talk about products. We have good advertisers on this show. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. I can't cook. I use it. You do use it. I have. It's it's. 
for anybody who's on the road or trying to not eat shitty, it's unbelievable. And uh, well, their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Which uh, you can can you cook on your own? I can't do it. Yeah, well, no. But here's the thing with these. I, I'm a cook, but since I got married, she just is taken over because she's a way better cook, and I'm a mess. She doesn't let me in the kitchen. She tells me to beat it. But when the Blue Apron comes, I can do it because it's actually step by step ingredients. Everything's measured out. Right. The ingredients is set up so it literally says do this, then do this, add that. So it's simple. It's real simple stuff. But the it's. Unbelievably fresh too. Yeah, and they uh, they achieve uh, making home cooking more accessible by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. And uh, they say cooking together builds strong family bonds. I don't know, I'm single, but still, I'm lonely. You so can do it with a I need like a bond a with somebody. I should bring somebody over and just pay her to stand there and watch me cook. Research shows that Blue Apron <laughs> families cook nearly three times more often, probably because it's easier and everything's measured out and you're not going to be screaming at each other. Oh, I got a three and a half year old, so having it measured out, believe me, because if it's not, he'll just take a whole thing of flour and pour it into a bowl of soup. So. He, he, Max does it with us. Yeah, so you just top here to dump this. But here's the thing, though. It comes in a box, which is freaky to me. You're like, this can't, how can this be? It just, some dude, some fat dude walked up my driveway and dropped a box of meat. (laughs) (laughs) How is this ever going to be good? It's it's fresher than if I went to the grocery store. I don't know how they do it, but it's fresher than when I, I go right down the street to the grocery store. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash UFC unfiltered. You're going to love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash UFC unfiltered. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. It is. I love it. You're listening to UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place is simply not enough to find great quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job. You need to post your job. Don't post it. Post it. Tell it. Post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can with ZipRecruiter.com. You can post your job to 200-plus job sites. That's amazing. Including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. You post once. You watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. You quickly screen candidates, you rate them, and you hire that correct person quickly. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 100 companies and thousands of small and medium-sized businesses. And right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash unfiltered. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash unfiltered. Now, one more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash unfiltered. We were talking about, we have, uh, what time is Cynthia calling in? Or we're calling her? Uh, We'll call in the next, like, 10, 15 minutes. All right, cool. Um, and now you have a new uh, album coming out. Uh, mm-hmm. When is it out? And you know we want to promote you properly. Oh, well, thank promote, you. Of course. Yeah, we have a new record coming out April twenty eighth. Um, the album is called "Makes Me Sick," um, and it's our ninth studio album. Did so you get nine records? Did, did, does the studio <clears throat> come at you and like, hey, can we do a little more positives? I mean, <laughs> "Make yeah. Me Sick" is kind of a negative. Can, can, can we say 
might make you sick. <laughs> yeah. Or do you have stuff? total control? No, we have we have total but control. But did anybody ever say anything to you? Or are they just like, ah, fuck it, whatever, not at whatever this, you want? Not at this point, because any anytime we've compromised in the past, we've been like, told you so. What is so, it compromised on? Uh, I don't know, just maybe in the past video concepts, you know, this would work for, you know, MTV is really going to play this or that. And then you're like, they, they never do. Right. And they only yeah. like the fun, you know, that, I mean, that's old stuff. So we've just learned over the years. And I think record labels like working with us because we work hard because we like it. We're not, you know, they call us, hey, we're in New York. We got to do a full day of press. We're like, okay, what time we got to be there? Right. You know, right. like we're not like, oh, come on. We want to go. There. Are you guys big partiers? No. No. I well, no, I don't think so. That's good. Our That's party, good. honestly, like Warp Tour, you know, UFC 200 party on the bus. We ordered like 10 pizzas, had like six bands all crammed in the front lounge, right. and all just like watching. That's a party on tour, honestly. Right. That's great. Like UFC nights are the parties. That's awesome. Are you a big? Are you usually off stage by the time that they? Uh, if I'm on the road, it sucks. If I'm like doing the late show and I got and I got to tape the fight in the hotel. Yeah, probably the same problem as you. Like the, you know, no one shows on up the, to the cr the uh, shows. <laughs> no, oh, just that's the, my problem. <laughs> no, well, depending on the time, you know, the time change. <laughs> if we're going at ten yeah. in on the West Coast, oh, the worst. Then if we're going at ten on the East Coast, yeah, it just depends. Yeah. Nothing sadder than watching a UFC in your hotel room in your underwear by yourself. <sighs> Dude, I have to shut my phone off because all my friends know that it pisses me off yeah. when it gets spoiled. <laughs> so they'll text me stupid. They still text me like. Hey man, Randy Couture lost. Even though he's like, <laughs> hasn't been on. They'll just say that. And still, that like, sucks. But that's they funny. just tease me. Yeah, they'll just send whatever. Matt will Shut do up. it. Matt sometimes will, but Matt learned not to blow it. So I'll get a text from him once in a while if something happens. I'm like, you watching this? Yeah, like <laughs> I hate that. Like, but he, but yeah. he won't, but he won't tell me what fight he's talking about, and he won't tell me who did what. So he knows not to. I'm not just like, no, not yet. And he yeah. doesn't tell me anymore. That's funny. But yeah. That's his because he wants to talk about the fight so bad. But that's his little test. Yeah. Yeah. I, that even freaks me out when they say that. Are you watching? Because if I'm not, <laughs> if I'm like stuck somewhere, I'm like, no, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> what do you think about Rumble uh, Cormier too? Uh, I'm excited. I am too, very much. I think Jones takes the winner of that fight if he's cleared to fight in, in over That'd the summer. Awesome. That to me is going to be the the fight. It's going to be. Him. I feel like, you know, I feel weird. Like I have this weird thing. I feel like fighters have their kryptonite, and I feel like Cormier is Rumble's kryptonite. I don't know. I feel like Daniel Cormier is going to win, just because. Like I think, like I, that's the thing with Weidman and Anderson. Yeah. Like I feel like. All day, in my opinion, I think Chris Weidman's amazing. But all day, to me, I think Anderson would win. Same thing with Jones and and Daniel. I think that yeah. Jones is his kryptonite. Yep. I mean, it doesn't matter. I, I just think there's something up here. Yeah. Shogun Henderson. Yeah. Show, you know, like yeah. that. The last two times they fought, like I just think, and I think that's what Anthony. Yeah, I think, and I love Anthony. I love watching him fight. I think he, you know, I like. I love Daniel Cormier. I think he's super, super talented. And but I like Anthony Rumble Johnson fights way more because he's like they're over so fast. aggressive. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it could, it could, I mean, it, you know, it, I thought Anthony on his last tear coming up to that uh, DC fight, he was just gonna walk through DC, and he yeah. didn't. It was fucking crazy. DC and, and DC's problem with Jones too. It seemed to be after a while he wanted the moral victory of taking Jones down one because everyone thought like if Jones stands up, Jones is going to win. If they go down, DC's going to. And then he wound up taking DC down fairly easily. Yeah, which I think really fucked up DC. And well, Jones yeah, just wanted to take him down once. Jones is a wrestler. I mean, people forget that that's his base. That's where he came from. Yeah, and he's he's huge. He's a big and then look at his brothers. They're both NFL massive guys. 
I mean, so to think that he's just in there doing these weird moves or whatever, he is a wrestler and he fought and, you know, so DC is, a, yeah, he's an Olympic, you know, wrestler, but Jones is no fucking joke with that. Yeah, but well, that's, uh, that's they thought that was going to be the fight. They thought it was on the ground, it was going to be all Cormier, and then Jones just kept taking him down. Yeah. And I think that just fucked his head up. I can't wait. I can't wait for Jones to come back. I can't wait for something to happen in the light heavyweight and heavyweight division again. Because there's nothing like, when the big guys fight, there's just nothing yeah. like it. Mark Hunt, you know? uh, Derek, did we talk about that off air or on air? We were talking about it before the show. Before the show, uh, Mark Hunt, Derek Lewis in New Zealand. Oh, no way. And uh, Yeah, that's a trip. I'm, I'm a big Francis Ngannou fan. and I, don't, I still don't think he deserves to be ranked higher than Derek Lewis. Um, he hasn't fought the, the top 10 the beast, fighters. Derek Lewis? Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. Derek Lewis has fought, has fought, you know, he fought Ray Nelson, he beat uh, Travis Brown. I, I don't think yeah. that he deserves to be under Ngannou. I, I thought in his post-interview, he sounded like he wasn't going to fight, like, forever. In the, in the, the last... He said he wants some like, time off. Yeah, he's like, I'm a jerk to my family. I want to hang out and be nice again, or whatever. Th these guys, I think, say that to stir up some interest, but, you know, if, if they throw Mark Hunt in front of him, yeah. top 10, what is, is Mark Hunt number seven? Uh, yes, he's number seven. Okay, so he's got to take that fight because he wants a shot at the, at yeah. after uh, Dos Santos. You all feel, you, you feel weird. I mean, the, the build-up to a fight, you probably do so much shit to your family and so much sacrifice, and then when it's over, it's just a release. Win yeah. or lose, you're just like, you know, I'm just going to go home and be with my family. I haven't seen me. You probably haven't seen the kid in three months. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than... When are you coming home, Daddy? Do you have kids? No, You're married, no. right? I have a dog. So you have a dog? Same thing. No, no, no. no it's a little different. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. One no, is, I don't. Well, I don't have kids yet. It's a little different. Yeah, yeah I'm just kidding. Yeah, one can actually verbalize with you and go, I miss you yeah, so much. Yeah, exactly. Make you tear a up. A parrot can do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. I can't, I can't imagine. Yeah, the, the guys in my band have kids. I'm uh, the only one in the band without kids. Don't have... Don't, do you, how old are you? How old am I now? 36. 36, yeah. Do you have the rule Wait. of no wives on the on the tour? No. Yeah, so a lot don't. of bands have that. No women on the tour with them? No, no we, anyone distracting. can. Oh, no, cool, okay. wives, you have to at this point. We've well, been for 20 fights. years. Maybe yeah. like the first eight years. Or, you know, when we didn't... But this is our career. You know, it's our yeah. 20 years. Like, right. That We don't even... It's at the point where like we don't even know when they're coming out. Like we'll just show up and like our singer will be like, yeah, my wife's here for the next... Seven cool. days. Right. What did you right, want to do right, before cool. this? Did you know this was going to be your career? Because like sometimes you have a dream <clears> when you're a kid, and all of a sudden, like I'm actually doing this. For yeah. Like uh, 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 Cynthia uh, uh, Calvillo calling in was on her way to a fucking her job at the uh, cheesecake factory <laughs> when she gets the call for her first UFC fight. Which that is insane. She, she was on the main card, third on the main card. She's fighting on this card in Buffalo. And it's amazing that, that she gets this DM that says, do you want to fight on her way to the Cheesecake Factory? Yeah, that's like, insane. Which is awesome. The yeah, I, who, that's exactly. I think she yeah. fucked up by leaving that job. Oh my God. The <laughs> white chicken chili there? It's my favorite. That menu though, man. I, I freak Overwhelming. Yeah, freak it's out overwhelming. every time. You're right. It's too much. Yeah. It's too much. Because they have small plates and then appetizers. Which is the same thing. Yeah. An appetizer and a small plate, it's the same thing. Yeah, there's a you, couple pages that they just... You can just mix real. together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I've, I've always wanted to do do music. Uh, it's I had a, a cool way. Actually, how Newfound Glory got our following locally started, I was like, I hustled in the sense that um, I would go to promoters um, that were putting on like shows. So like if Blink-182 uh, was playing, a this was years ago, playing like a small venue and they wanted to sell tickets, I'd go to the promoter, hey, give me some flyers. I'll, I'll flyer my high school and around the town. So I'd get all the flyers and I'd go put them up everywhere and I'd get to the show and the promoter would be like, oh, thanks, Chad. And they let me in. And then it got to the point where national artists would come down and they'd need a, a local band. 
uh, and they'd go, hey, Chad, you know, if you flyer the show, if you promote the show at your schools and your blah, 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 you guys can open. And I'd be like, awesome. So I'd go around and... Who's the first big one you opened for? MXPX. Okay, I don't know uh, them. Yeah, they're like a... They're a big big band, late 90s and, okay. and punk rock. Um, they, they got really popular. They had a, a video on MTV, the whole deal. Um, so open for them. And that was like a really big break for us. And same thing, like they'd hit me up and be like, hey, we need a loader to help push some cases. And I would be in, uh, I was like, you know, a freshman in high school and my mom would let me stay up late. And she knew like I didn't do drugs. I never drank, never smoked, never did anything like that. So she trusted me. And it would be like entombed in like weird death metal bands playing in Florida. And I would get there at midnight and just push all their gear into their trailer. And then they give me like 50 bucks, the promoter, and I go home. And then they put me on local shows. That's great. I, I like wow. the fact that you, just, you really worked your way up from nothing. Yeah. Like literally starting at the bottom. Like Lemmy was a fucking roadie for Jimi Hendrix before anything, you That's know, insane. before Motorhead, like in the late 60s. I kind of like hearing that. Like, guys, just ate shit for a while. And, yeah. Know, well, I remember. I just I had, loved it. I wanted to be uh, near it. You, you know? wanted to be around it. Yeah. yeah. I had to drive Gilbert Godfrey to a gig once. <laughs> Oh, that must have been fun. He probably said nothing. Said nothing. Oh, and, oh, oh. And then... Dude, uh, so nuts. I All I got to do was introduce him. <laughs> and I remember I was proud of myself because I, I was like, are you guys ready? And they were like, hey, tone it down. Because I yeah. gave too much of a... Yeah, oof. like... Yeah, yeah he, you pumped I gave, him up too Yeah, much. I introduced Andrew Dice Clare, Eddie Murphy, and it was, hey, how are you? Yeah. And then I remember he ordered $100 worth of Chinese food. Who did? Gilbert. Yeah, he probably took it home with him. Took it home with him, back to the hotel with no refrigerator, didn't offer me a, a chicken wing. Wow. I was starving. No? Starving. Oh. I just recently told him about that too. I was like, he probably didn't dude, care. We, he probably but I, wondered but you don't even went. care. You're just like, I don't give. I'll drive wherever, whenever, just to be a part of That's the show. Awesome. I had a random Gilbert Godfrey, Godfrey story. We, were, we played uh, MTV Video Awards like years ago, and there was like an after party. Yeah. And all, everyone had like, all the record labels had their tables, and we were at our table at the after party. And Gilbert Godfrey just walks up to our table <laughs> And, you know, I grew up watching, like, Problem Child and all those, like, crazy movies. Yes. And then he's just like, hey. And I was like, wait a second. Like, why aren't you, you know, like, just. He's quiet, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, why aren't you yelling right now? Like, what's going on? And he was just hung out. He just hung out at our table. Hello. Just, Hello. Yeah, he's crazy. Normal. He hangs at the comedy cellar. And I've driven him home a bunch. And, and, like, he'll sit there and have a giant glass of wine, a beaker of wine. And then you, <laughs> but he doesn't say anything. He just kind of sits there. And you're like, Gil, you going to go on? He's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He sounds nothing like he does on stage. Yeah. But he's awesome. A, yeah, he's a sweet guy. Very soft hands. Very delicate hands. But oh, he's vicious. We didn't hold hands. No, just when you shake. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like a, it's like a little <laughs> soft fish. <laughs> like a little little soft fish wrapping around your I love that he immediately went, look, we didn't do that. Well, yeah, we didn't hold hands. hands. He shook. Yeah, we shook. Though. Yeah. yeah. He does have soft hands. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, like, Confirm what Jimmy said. Yeah, city hands from counting money his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hooper. <laughs> Never worked a day in your life. Um, so did, have you met most of the guys you like? Like once you started opening for these bands, did you meet any guys that were dicks to you? Or were they all okay to you? Like, uh, no, there, there's some dicks um, along What would make way. someone a dick in it? Because band uh, dynamics were different than stand-up comics for some reason. Well, when you're younger and you open up for a band and you show up and you're supposed to play second, but the headliner just makes you play first, even though it's not in your contract. Really? Yeah. What does he put on second? Just the opening band. Because they he just switches? Didn't. Yeah. They just Could like, it be because oh, yeah. they were friends or no? No. Did they do that because they didn't want to follow you? The right? band apologized they, later, by they, the way. They're like, they, hey, man, we were like hazing you guys and blah, blah, blah. Oh, oh really? Okay. But there's sometimes, too, like where... Are you going to name the band? No, I won't name the band. You too. 
It was you two. Uh-huh. How did you know? Sister Sledge. <laughs> Guy who's a bad guesser. Yeah. No. Damn it, Bono. Um, I'm so pissed at you, dude. Uh, anyway, the uh, yeah, I think the talking about, you know, we talked about Green Day. is That was the best thing. Because Green Day was the biggest band we opened for. Right. <clears throat> and I was expecting, like, I, they could have been dicks. And I'd have been like, totally. Yeah. They're Green Day. Whatever. So, it's like, fine. 50 million albums. Totally. No big deal. And uh, they were so cool. Every night, Billy Joe would come in and be like, hey, man. And he'd like, what are you guys doing? What do you want to do after? Let's have a party. And the security guard would give us like a stack of like passes. Uh. And they're like, go give them out. We'll have a party after the show. And we'd set up the room and then go out. Does it work? Just, yeah. Fuck. What do you mean? Does just, it work? Because well, being we, the stand-up stinks. I give out passes. No one comes. Yeah. It was my well, road manager. You go out there and you tell them like, hey, Green Day is having a party. You want to... And they just were really cool. They they bought us suits. It was like when they did American what? Idiot and they'd all wear suits. Really? So like one day we showed up and they like had a rack of suits. Wow. Like, here you go. Like really, Did you, you wear know? them on stage or no? No. I, I, I mean, we wore them like, like at a party. You just had suits. Yeah, we had suits. It's like, great. It was awesome. Dude, yeah. this, I, that'd be, what a great gift. Yeah. A fucking suit. They rented, um, <laughs> when Team America came out, yeah. Team America, they mm-hmm. rented the whole theater. And we show, we go in the theater and it just... Popcorn and Coke all out on the stands. You know, oh, that's and, great. And we just all, us and Green Day watching Team America in the theater by ourselves. There's it's a awesome. weird, a weird hazing. I think it was Scott Ian <laughs> told me about it. They, they were over in, uh, over Europe somewhere and they, they haze bands somehow. Or you may not even hate this. How they show you they like you is by spitting on you. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's that called? There's a name I for that? Know. Disgusting. No, horrible. It's the worst thing I've Unnecessary. ever heard. But they literally, the, the audience will spit all over. And he said, he said, if you spit, we're going to walk off. Just give me a like on Facebook. I'll take that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's people, you know, overseas and in South America, you'll be playing and they'll be singing along and you'll look down and there's a guy flicking you off, cussing at you. And you're what like, you look, do? and you're like, what are you doing? And then all of a sudden he's singing every word and you're like, I don't Why get is he, it. Does like he think you, that's rock and roll to do? Or I don't know. Have you it's ever, like being in love. Like you know? like comedy, some nights you'll be on stage and you'll look out and there's just this miserable face. Yeah. Just everybody else is laughing, but that one face is just, ugh. And you just want to stop everything and go, what's your fucking problem? Yeah. Why? Do, you, do you have oh, yeah. that? Always you see you see that face. Have you ever, do you do you react to it or you just, just keep it moving? I did have a reaction. You once. did? Yes. Oh, please tell but me. What I did, did you it, do? Okay, so... There's a part in the set where I uh, give out the mic, where I go in the barricade, and I stand on the barricade, and I, and I give out the mic. So to the audience? This, to the audience, yeah. Because um, I do, like, the screaming parts. I always make fun of myself, like the little John of the band. Like, I, I'm the guy that just, like, yells sometimes. He just says random stuff. So it's the part where I scream and give the mic out. And uh, throughout the set, there's this kid that whenever my bass player and, and my singer come to my side... He's flicking them off, like cussing at them. And, and while everyone around him, he's just being a jerk. But when I'm there, he's not doing it to me. But he keep, And then I see him like being a, you know, being a dick. So the part comes and I go down and I stand on the barricade with one foot. But the other foot oh, stands on his, on his head, right. in his face. Right. And he's freaking out. <laughs> and, and my right hand, my right hand is handing out the mic, and my left hand has like the full bottle of water, and I'm just pouring it on, <laughs> stepping on his face. <laughs> and he, he doesn't know what to do. His beanie and his clothes, you know, are all getting ripped up and messed up. And he's just like, ah, and freaking out. And then I get, I, I, I get down, and he tries to punch me. And so I just kind of whatever, dodge it and go back on stage. And, <laughs> and the security guard went to throw him out. And I was like, no, no, don't throw him out. It's all good. Leave him there. Like, right. don't, like I don't care. Yeah, just it was just a soaking wet. You got him back. I got him back. But he was being, he was like, 
whenever someone's like aggressive, yeah. that's the difference, you know. Like, and I, I wouldn't like hurt a fan or I had to prank him. He was pranking us, I, you know. I had to prank him. I had one lady one night. She was just miserable. And then she was on her phone, and I went. Can we? I just snapped. I was like, "What the fuck? You two seconds? You can't?" She goes, Gosh. "Bobby." I'm sorry, my daughter just got into a car accident. Oh, no. I yeah. almost threw up. I felt so bad. Yeah, why <laughs> did she take the call in the lobby? Well, that's what I said. I exactly. That's <laughs> probably your daughter was doing texting at the wrong time. <laughs> why, didn't you, for, why didn't you teach your daughter how to drive? <laughs> exactly. Instead of being here watching this yeah. nonsense. Maybe you should have I just learned there's always two sides to a story. You no, guys. <laughs> I can't imagine doing comedy because in, in, like, in dealing with that, because it shows people film. I'm, I'm fine with it because yeah. a lot of bands hate when, when people film. For me, it's like, that's how people share music now, you know. Right. So for me, it's not a big deal. Like here's, well, yeah, you know, well, but for the, you guys, you can't avoid it. Well, no. because they if they take our jokes before they're ready and put that's our, you know, it's a yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's the same thing. But they've been doing it for. There's a photo of Johnny Cash on stage, and it was just when those cameras. Remember the it had a square flash and you and it turned. Yeah. You got four photos out of it. Yeah, there must have been just when those came out because everybody in the crowd was holding up a camera and he was just fucking jamming and literally everybody in the crowd was just had these cameras not watching him just trying to take that photo of him on stage yeah so i mean they they've always been doing that you know, it must suck now though cuz you look out and people aren't watching you they're watching the like screen watching phone. making sure they get a good shot and the filters right yeah all right, yeah. we got to get Cynthia on the phone. I got to use the bathroom, so I guess we should take a break. Sure. Um, and I want to say, Chad, let's get the proper plug here, and thank you for coming in. You're awesome. And anytime uh, you want to come back, you're welcome love to come it. back. Yeah, this thank was fun, you. dude. Yeah, I appreciate Chad it. Chad Gilbert, Newfound Glory. Uh, when is the, uh, the, what's the name of the, uh, uh, the album, and when is it out? Uh, the new album, uh, Newfound Glory, Makes Me Sick, and it uh, comes out April 28th. Cool, man. Thank you for coming in, and uh, if you want to come back, you're welcome. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks uh, for having me. It was awesome. All right, buddy. This is UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Thanks to Chad Gilbert for coming in. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I want to tell you about Lyft. You know, when you drive for the ride-sharing app, every trip can feel like a walk in the park. With Lyft, L-Y-F-T, you can pick your own hours and you work when you want. Lyft can make driving the best job in the world. Only Lyft offers in-app tipping. When you drive for Lyft, you keep 100% of the tips. Drivers have been paid over $150 million in tips since that feature was introduced. Express Pay lets drivers get paid almost instantly instead of waiting for weeks. Lyft has even taken the guesswork out of pickups. The new AMP device uses color coding to help passengers find their drivers. That is brilliant because I've had other problems with, uh, let's just say, some other apps. This is brilliant. You can earn hundreds of dollars a week plus tips. You want to make more money? You drive more. That's how simple it is. You're your own boss. It's never been that easy to give yourself a raise. It's a simple formula. Happy drivers mean happy passengers. Maybe that's why 9 out of 10 Lyft drivers get a perfect 5-star rating from their riders. Maybe that's why, because they're happy. They're not miserable. So join the ride-sharing company that believes in treating its people better. Go to lyft.com, L-Y-F-T, slash unfiltered today, and you can get $500 in new driver bonus. That's pretty amazing. Lyft.com, slash unfiltered. Lyft.com, slash unfiltered, and get a $500 new driver bonus. Limited time only, and of course, terms do apply. Let's get uh, Cynthia Calvillo on the phone. I like her a lot. I love how she fought. Dominic Cruz couldn't stop raving about her. 
It's uh, her against Pearl Gonzalez, and they are uh, on the main card. They're the third fight on the main card. That's crazy. Uh, April 8th in Buffalo. Good awesome. for her. What a good card. Yeah, it's awesome. Hello, Cynthia, how are you? Hi there. You're on the phone. Matt Sarah's not here today. He's out with uh, Dana White making videos, but you're on with Bob <laughs> Kelly and Jim Norton. It's a TV show. Hi there. Where are you right now? I just got done with morning practice, so I'm outside at um, my gym. Oh, okay. In the car. And, yeah. Oh, it sounds like we're waking you up, but obviously you're just tired because you were training. Yeah, no, 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 I'm good. <laughs> Congratulations, by the way, on... Um, are, are you kind of amazed at how quickly things are moving? I mean, yeah, it is crazy, obviously. It's like, I mean, who debuts on the main card and then jumps on to the next, you know, main card? And, you know, so it's it's definitely, it's crazy, and especially for just having to make my debut in less than a, you know, less than a year, my professional debut. So um, definitely everything's moving very fast, but the preparation itself, you know, just to get to here, took me a very long time. So I did have to fight through a lot of shit before I made it to this level. Of course. And you were working at the Cheesecake Factory. How long had you been there? And can you just describe getting the, the, the notice that you, there might be a fight available for you? What happened? So uh, it was actually Valentine's Day. Um, I hadn't been working at Cheesecake for for less than a year, almost. But uh, it was definitely, you know, working at a restaurant on Valentine's Day. Not the best. <laughs> it's probably the busiest day of the year. It's crazy. And um, I was on my way there. I was already kind of like in my head, probably not in the best mood because I knew it was going to be a really busy, hard day. And um, Sean Shelby sent me a direct message on Instagram. I was like, and I was driving there. I was driving to work, you know, my phone the situation. And he just said that there's a possibility that, you know, there might be a fight against Amanda Cooper if I'm interested. And I just, you know, right away I just said yes, 100% yes, you know. And um, I was so excited I even went the wrong way to work. <laughs> but um, Did you still go into work know, that day? No, and it was just. Sorry? You still went into work that day? Uh, yeah, of course I did, because it was a possibility. It wasn't a confirmation. There's no contract. There's no nothing. It was you just said maybe. Did That's you, what he said. Did your attitude, was your attitude at work just a little shitty because you knew you were probably going to be fighting and you didn't have to put up with these idiots anymore? Uh, no, not necessarily, because I didn't know. You know, the, the, the thing with me is just like, you know, I, I couldn't, like, I was excited, but I couldn't let myself get ahead of myself because... He, you know, he was just kind of like, you know, if this other girl doesn't accept it, then the fight's yours, you know. So it wasn't 100% real oh. to me. I was like, I can't, like, automatically be like, hey, F you guys, I'm out, bye, you know, just walk out that way. <laughs> well, who do you offer it to first, Cynthia? Just yet. Who, who, is the first poss- who is the first possibility that they went to? Um, I think it, I mean, they didn't tell me, but I think that it was actually Pearl, uh, you know, the girl that I'm actually fighting now. Yeah, Pearl Gonzalez. But I... I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that they might have offered the fight to her first, but um, I'm not sure. I don't know who they they offered the fight to first. Uh, and then, you know, Sean Shelby just messaged me the same night, and he was just like, hey, the fight to her. So I'm like, wow. Hey, let's do this. A real important question is, though, what is your favorite cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory? Ooh. <laughs> you know, there's like three of them that I like. So I like the red velvet, and I like the salted caramel, and I like banana cream. 
Salted caramel. I think so. Salted salt caramel is my favorite. Oh my god, what a cheesecake! Would you? So eat, good. How would you? Now you're working around this stuff and you're training. Are you actually being good when you're training, or are you shoving some into your face like once in a while? No, I have to be disciplined about it. And you know what? I actually I like being on myself. I kind of feel like crappy if I just start like eating, you know. And so I've just been on like. You know, on a terror, as soon as I became healthy to, like, fight, which is what I made my professional debut, I've just been to fight camp to fight camp. I celebrate. I have, like, a week or two just eating stuff. I'll have my celebratory cheesecake. Uh, but other than that, I really have to just fight it. You know, there's, like, you can have all you can eat fresh bread and soup and we'll drinks or whatever while you're working. I'm like, oh, it's so hard. But it's so worth it to me. <laughs> and now you, you had a, uh, what, three weeks to get ready for that first fight? Wow. The first one was 17 days. This one, I had an extra week, so an extra seven days. Have you, ta- have you watched the fight, though, since then and heard the way Dominic Cruz was talking about you and Joe? I mean, they were really complimentary uh, of how amazing you are on the ground and your dexterity. And, and, and you must have, have when, you, when you finally got to watch that fight, I'm hoping you did, and I'm hoping you really got to hear how they spoke about you. Yeah, I, I watched the fight, uh, you know, uh, really intense. I mean, almost probably. I don't know. I watched what. I'm the type of person, as soon as I fight, I like to watch my fights a bunch of times. So I'm sick and tired. I pick them apart. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was great. It's amazing just being up there and then just, you know, I've always dreamt about it. I've always envisioned, you know, having, you know, being interviewed by Joe Rogan, being my name announced by, you know. Bruce Buffer, and, yeah. Yeah, Bruce Buffer, you know, having these interviews and just having Dominic Cruz, Joe Rogan, like, it was just, it was insane. Like, I've envisioned this and, you know, I waited. I, I, I knew that day was going to come. It was so, so good. Man, it's just crazy. How did you get hooked it's up crazy, with uh, yeah. Team Team Alpha Male? Well, uh, I was born and raised in San Jose, which is about two south, two hours south of Sacramento. Um, I got into MMA fighting a little bit late. I knew of Team Alpha Male. I knew the fighters. It wasn't that I was a huge fan or anything like that. I knew they were a good camp. Um, I did that camp. I needed to move on. My camp was just. You know, it was just small camp and uh, just just needed to step up in the level because I really wanted I wanted to step up my game and, and I really wanted to pursue this. There was AKA, which is it went in the red of fate. And I knew, you know, I was up here and I came up and I checked it out. And, man, their work ethic, just the feel over here is just amazing. It's like nothing I've ever experienced. I was like, I knew that this is the place I needed to be. And there's a lot so, of controversy over the last couple of years. With you know TJ taking off and now Cody's kind of the the man there. I mean, do you do, are you friends with everybody or are you you know team alpha male all the way? I mean, what do you think about them them fighting uh, Cody? I mean, and TJ? competition competition wise. I mean, in the team is we're obviously going to be team alpha male for my team. You know, Cody one hundred percent. Outside, if I see you know TJ, I'm going to say hi to him or whatever. But I was never like we were like super super close or anything like that, you know. So, um, you know, it, it is what it is. At the end of the day, I'm sure that once the fight happens, it's gonna you know shake the hands and it's gonna be okay. But um, you know, right now it's I'm 100% behind Cody, and I really truly believe that you know you know TJ messed up so. Everybody's going to find out what happens when you leave Team Alpha Male. <laughs> it was about, you know. And what about the uh, rumors that Paige Van Zandt is no longer training there? Um, well, she, I know she bought a new house in Portland. Her family was, you know, they used to be in Portland, and they, they moved to Reno, so she was going back and forth from Reno to Sac. But now her family, I think, they went back to Portland. 
I think what she's doing is she's just going to stay in Portland and maybe when she has a fight camp or whatever, she's going to probably come try to do fight camps over here. You know, she's just got a lot of things going on right now. So um, I, I feel like, you know, as far as she's, she's not completely gone from, uh, you know, she's still having a TV show with everything. Oh, so there hasn't been any big falling out or anything? No, 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 by any means. It's no. more of a logistics thing. And this fight card, yeah. I mean, this is this is a pretty massive fight card you're on. I mean, it, it's, you know, Cote's uh, on it, uh, Alves, you got uh, Chris Weidman, you got Daniel Cormier, and you guys are right in there on the main card. Third fight. I mean, does this, I mean, was, does that freak you out? Does it excite you? Is it? Does it make it better? It was like, it was just kind of like last time. I mean, for goodness sake, it was, uh, you know, Overeem versus Hunt, and then it was me, and, you know, Amanda Cooper. I was just like, holy crap, this is insane. You know, how can I like be up here with these legends of the sport and I'm like yeah. it, you know it's truly amazing I try not to like think about it too much you know not overanalyze and really think about it at the end of the day I you know just really focus on what's important so that I don't get too freaked out which is you know most importantly is that I've been training I train at the best gym as it's, you know in the world I'm prepared I'm prepared to to you know to to perform at that level, I know I am, and so I'm confident in that there's no reason why I should like you know hesitate. So I'm I'm happy. Obviously, it's it's really insane. I'm, I'm really I'm beyond grateful to have this opportunity. But uh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. I'm definitely know that I feel like I'm 100 percent ready to be here. Now there's a 35 day difference between your your, uh, your 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 last fight and this coming up fight. Now, do they say to you, look, we have another one you might want? Um, or, or how did this fight come about? Because that's a relatively fast turnaround time, even though you didn't, you know, look like you got hurt. I mean, you, you worked fairly quickly in that first fight. It was probably, it was honestly, it was, a, it was the easiest fight. One of the easiest fights I've ever had in my life. Not because she's not the competition-wise. I mean, Ryan Cooper is really good. She's all around it everywhere. I mean, just as far as the fight went and how I came out of it, um, I mean, it was the first round. Just got in there and got it going really quickly. I felt like, you know, really, really good. So I, you know, I didn't want to celebrate. I was really happy to get there. I didn't think I was going to have this quick of a turnaround, honestly. Dino um, you know, hit me up, and then he was just like, "Hey, you know, just small talk here and there." He's like, "Hey, you know, we love you, blah blah." You know, how do you feel about fighting in New York? I was like, two ten, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I was like. I was there, just like kind of eating. I think I was eating like some chicken wings when he like hit me up, and I was like, "Oh!" I was like, "Dude, this is this is insane." I was like, "I would love to take this opportunity. How could I not? I'm not injured. There's no reason why I should take this opportunity." But let me check in with my coaches and let me check my weight and make sure that this is something we can possibly do. You know, because even the day my health comes first, and you know, I need to make sure that my coaches are there and available as well. So. um you know, we took one day, and then the next day we're like, yeah, we can do this. Weight's good, healthy. We already have my teammate, which was already scheduled to fight on the same card. So everything just, it, there's no reason why, you know, that I should Why you wouldn't take fight. it, sure. And yeah. uh, Gonzalez, she's on, she's on a, a six-fight win streak. And what, what do you think, on the ground we saw her uh, fight against uh, Courtney Casey, and she was losing two rounds to none, and she wound up, uh, winning in the third round, but she seems fairly. Uh, I think you have an advantage on the ground, but she also seems to have a pretty decent uh, defense. Yeah, no, she's uh, she's definitely going to be tough. I mean, there's just something about uh, you know just having that like, the hood mentality. 
I say is because she's from Chicago, and she's not going to be somebody easy to. She, she, she's somebody not somebody easy to put away. I know she's going to be tough. She's down and bra. She's going to have good defense. She's not going to, you know. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm expecting a dog fight, and um, you know, I just think that overall is just going to come down to who's got the better skill set and the better team, and I feel like I'm just going to come out on top. And if you win this fight, where do you see? I mean, this is a very very tough. Uh, division, obviously. I mean, uh, it's it's one of the one of the best in the entire sport. Stacked. Uh, it's absolute. There's not one easy fight in the entire division. Where do you see yourself if you do win this fight? And what do you think? I have to, obviously we have to ask everyone who fights to throw it. What do you think of uh, of of Johanny and Jacek? I mean, the, um, I mean, obviously the competition is great. I've been having my eye for you know on all the strawweights for a long time. You know, just I've been injured. I haven't been able to be on the scene. You know, I just came out, but I've, you know, I've pretty much known a little bit about all of them. I've watched all of the fights, and uh, Lita's good. She's obviously the best for a reason, and, you know, definitely coming for that bout. I definitely want to work towards it. I'm definitely working on it, and I feel like I'm at the right team that can help me get there. And, um, you know, I tell my everybody's able. Everybody can call. Everybody's time's going to come. I believe my time's going to come. You know, she's having her time right now. But one day my time's gonna come, and I respect her. I respect her very much as a, as a, you know, as as a champion. And hopefully one day I can get there. Well, Cynthia, uh, good luck to you um, on on the eighth against uh, Pro Gonzalez. You are. Uh, you know, it looks like you're already a very popular fighter, four and zero. And um, I, I hope you do really well. I mean, uh, now that I've talked to you and I like you, I, I hope that you win. Yeah, I, it's hard to pick <laughs> fighters because all the fighters are nice, and I, I can never say who I really want to win. Cause I'm I'm so much of a fan, so I can't just pretend I'm impartial because I'm not. I love. Well, that's it. why the UFC is great. That's why MMA is great because you don't have to pick a side. You can actually, you know, you can have somebody you favor, but if you know they lose, they'll come back. And yeah, win I mean, again, respectfully. But... I mean, it, it always can come down to that way. I mean, I've I've had fighters all the time that I love. I, I'm a big fan of fighters, and they fight each other. You know, it's respect at the end of the day. I I love this sport, you know. So. Well, you got 12 right. days and six hours until your fight, so good luck. Hell yeah. Right. <laughs> enjoy then, enjoy Buffalo. It's a big tourist uh, area. Yeah, I don't know if they have a cheesecake yeah. factory, but if you win, <laughs> you should go get a uh, nice nice I salted think caramel. It's be super cold, so I might get like some hot chocolate or something. So. <laughs> have you got are you in Buffalo yet? <laughs> no, next week. Oh, I you should go early. Fan of the cold, but <laughs> It's very scenic. <laughs> it's really scenic. If you like snow drifts, yeah. are you? Yeah, snow drifts and snow empty drift. factories. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, if you like watching people walk to work with stupid like hats over their ears, <laughs> yeah. looking depressed, it's actually bu- <laughs> actually oh. Buffalo has turned a corner. It's actually Buffalo's getting, fine. It's getting a thousand ver- times. getting very hipstery and cool. They got a lot of cool restaurants. Sounds amazing. And they have guys. great wings. I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy it. <laughs> All right. Well, Sorry. listen. Good Thank luck. You you're on a great. So you're on a great card. Uh, you, you know, you're right before uh, Weidman Musasi, and uh, and and of course uh, uh, Rumble Johnson against Cormier. Tremendous card, and and you're very prominently placed. So good luck. You're a rising star in the UFC. We're happy to talk to you. Thank you guys so much. Thank Take you, care. Cynthia. Cynthia Calvillo. Right, uh, yeah. You too. A little hard to hear because the phone sounded underwaterish almost, but it sounded like a reception wasn't cutting out. There's those new iPhone earbuds, the wireless ones. Is that what I that can, was? Nah, I, I can never tell. Probably I don't know. Like she could have been moving around with the phone. You know, you never know. But know. She was I good, know. though. I liked her a lot. She's very great. nice. Yeah, I hope she uh, I hope she does very well. And um, 
We'll see what Caitlin's got in store for me now. Yeah, I'm a little worried about this. Don't be worried. You're I'm worried. Fine. It's easy for you to say. You're not going to get beaten up. Oh, come on. You're not going to get beaten up. She's just going to make you tap. <laughs> Tony Ferguson uh, has said to Conor McGregor on Twitter, uh, get that cardio right, son. You can't run forever. You know, Conor's not running. He's going to fight Mayweather. Can you please read the whole, the, the whole tweet that he said? Do you have that? I yeah. do. Please. He had to. This tweet is so precise. There's no fat. Somebody he had to write this with him. This went by a bunch of people. There's no way you just think that this is one of the greatest tweets I've ever heard from a fighter. Can you read it? Um, he says, better get that cardio right, son. Can't run forever. And then hashtag defender vacate. That bitch is mine. Don't trip. Just drop it and walk away. That is such a badass fucking tweet. I mean, you know, he went, you know, like five of his boys were like, no, 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 write this. No, no, no. What do you think of this? Oh, that's good. Write this. Drop that shit. You know, he is such, I feel so bad for him too. The last, I mean, it's, that just sucked what happened in his it last did, fight. Yeah. I mean, I was so, that was the fight Absolutely. I wanted to see. I was so anticipating that fight and it just sucks that that had to happen. And if he just went to the UFC doctors, the fight probably could have went on, you know. That sucks too. Uh, but here we go. How great would that fight be, though, Connor and him? I mean, wow! Everybody wants Wowie, to see that wee, fight. Wee. Everyone would love to see it, but Connor's going to fight Mayweather first. You think that's going to happen? Yes, because mm -hmm. Dana thinks it's going to happen. He didn't for a while. He's like, it's never going to happen. And now Dana's like, it looks like it's going to happen. How, what's your Dana impression? <laughs> yeah, it's never going to happen. I'm, I just move my hand in their direction. It looks like it's going to happen. I think you've, my favorite is your Matt Sarah impression. I do a pretty good Matt Sarah. Yeah, it's great. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Bobby! <laughs> <laughs> um, Luke Rockhold on who he wants to fight next, and he's saying everyone's steaming over the fight of Bisping GSP. He's saying Verdum. What? Yes. I, I don't know talking if he's about being, if he's like... We got some old beef... Joking about it, from but... From Strikeforce. Maybe he is joking. He's a guy yeah. I've always wanted to fight. I've thought it through, and I like the style matchup. Given what's going on in the middleweight division right now, screw that. I'm coming to heavyweight. Let's do this. All right. So he might just be fucking around. Right. I think. He's then again, around. I mean, Rumble Johnson went up to light heavyweight from welterweight. So yeah. Verdum would fucking smash him. Yeah, of course. I mean, just no disrespect to Rockhold. And you know, Verdum is surprisingly—he's a really big guy. As um, Ty Cobb said about Babe Ruth, runs pretty well for a fat man. He's a big guy, and he's got pretty fast and he's very really very, big, really fast. Yeah, uh, and he, he's bigger than you think he is when you see him in interviews. But then when you see him in the ring, you're like, "Oh my god, this guy's a fucking giant!" And he would just hand, that's just stupid to say. I mean, it does suck though. I mean, Bisbing Rockhold would be. I mean, did he get caught? Yes. Did he get caught? Was it a fluke? You know, I'm not a fluke, but you know, caught, if yeah. they fought again, what, what, you know, that'd be. I would watch that fight. Uh, uh, I mean, that would be a really great fight between those two. Verdum responded, "I only fight people. I don't fight chickens." Whoa. He's just promoting himself because he knows nobody is talking about him. Mm -hmm. I'm one step away from the belt. Why would I fight a chicken? And then he he um, atmenched Jim Norton. And now Francis <laughs> Ngannou. <laughs> Last thing, Francis Ngannou weighed in, who's my favorite new fighter. Uh, middleweight former champ is ready and wants to beat up my prey. So he really wants to fight Verdum, but I, I think uh, Chris, our producer, is right. He needs one more fight before Verdum. That's a very, very tough, tall order. Uh, listen, I want to thank, uh, uh, first of all, our guest, uh, uh, Cynthia Calvillo, for calling in, and it was very nice to have, uh, have uh, Chad come in here. 
Great guy. Uh, yeah, really fun guy, man. I, I enjoyed guests. him. Uh, Chad Gilbert, of course, uh, promoting his uh, his new record. We should go rock out. We should get some bandanas, go to a show, sit up front, wrap him around a thigh. <laughs> cool. Go rock out. Want to do it? Bob Kelly, my co-host of the day. Yes, I would like to do that a lot. Let's do it. Friday night, baby. And um, I guess that's it for this episode. I hope people liked it. Matt Sarah, we're back on Wednesday. He's away with Dana right now. And uh, that was a good time. That was a great time. Thanks for having me on, dude. Again, and thanks for being here. Lot, uh, I miss Matt, but it was uh, you know it was fun, man, hanging out with you. I love you. Buddy. I missed you. I fucking love. That's a great. <laughs> that's a great impression. <laughs> Bobby. Hey. <laughs> ah, Eddie's. You gotta go to Eddie's Pizza. <laughs> when he laughs, he's such a big laugh. Oh. Fucking head just gets red. <laughs> my goal is to kill Matt Sarah with a laugh. <laughs> just for my own ego. The fact that I killed a fighter with my laugh. You know how many girls would blow me? <laughs> Two. Exactly. <laughs>